0: I remember once before entering the Marians, I was out to dinner with somebody, a friend, and, and it was a Friday, and I just made the comment, which I shouldn't have made, because you never want to draw attention to it, that, you know, do they have fish on the menu because it's Friday and I didn't want to eat meat. And I remember my friend, this is before I was, uh, came to the Marians, my friend saying, that is so catholic and the answer is yeah that is catholic and of all the passages in the gospel you could say this passage is so catholic and the reason is because and i i love this passage so much as i said that i put it in my book is it's about the catholic idea of intercession and intercessory prayer But you know what? Before we even mention that, I think something that's powerful is notice that the spiritual healing came first for Jesus, right? More important than the physical healing. Jesus didn't go right to heal him physically. What did he first say to him? Your sins are forgiven. A spiritual uh, healing. So many times in prayer, we request our Lord, and we all have our litany of prayers, Heal this person, heal me of this, heal me of that. And, you know, I have headaches and I have a sore back, and, and that's good. That's good. We do those prayers. But a lot of times we do those before asking for spiritual healing. And that's what our Lord is showing us. Now, as I mentioned, this is about intercession. The men didn't quit until their friend was brought to Jesus, they fought. Uh, through the crowd, refused to be uh, stopped. They kept coming. They found a way. You know, of all the old adages, I think there is none more true in my personal belief than where there is a will, there is a way. I so subscribe to that If you really want to do something, you'll find, I mean, within practical reasons, like I'm not going to dunk a basketball. I can't say no matter how much I will to dunk a basketball. I'm not going to be able to dunk a basketball. I'm a wrestler, not a basketball player. But within reason, if there is a will, there is a way you'll make it happen. And so Jesus then healed the man who couldn't help himself. All right. But when he saw faith, um, He did. Now, where did he see that faith? Not in the paralytic. Notice he didn't credit the paralytic's faith. He didn't look at him and say, your faith has healed you. When he saw, he looked up at the men at the roof and said, your faith has healed this man. It was their faith that he said forgave this man's sins. Did you hear that? Their faith Help forgive this man of his sins. That is the basis of the Catholic faith of us sharing in the body of Christ, which is condemned by every other religion in the history of the world. It's scriptural. That's why our Catholic faith is the basis of Scripture. Or you could say Scripture is the basis of the Catholic faith, or the Catholic faith is the basis of Scripture, however you want to look at it. The Bible came from the the, the bishops of the church that determined these are the inspired books. Now, Jesus wants to heal us any way possible, even if it's through someone else. How merciful is that? St. Augustine didn't want to be healed. Lord, you know, kind of make me chase, just not yet. And his mother kept praying and praying and praying like the widow knocking on the judge's door. And then finally God, yeah. So God is so merciful, he wants to heal us any way possible, even if through someone else. This is the whole basis of infant baptism. How are the children forgiven in baptism? Well, I really don't believe that father. He's gotta grow up, Junior's gotta be 18 years old before he makes that decision, hogwash. Junior was not 18 when he decided to become a member of your family. You didn't say he's gotta be 18 before he declares he's a member of our family. No, Junior was born into it. Now, what happens at infant baptism? Sins are wiped away, just like Jesus said. And what did Jesus said? Wiped away the sins of the paralytic. The faith of his friends. What happens at baptism? Why are the sins of the children wiped away? The faith of the parents. So it is the faith of the parents that wiped that child clean of sin, just like it was the faith of those four men that wiped the the sins away of that paralytic. When you are at baptism, you are like the two men and women of the paralytic because your little baby is paralyzed in sin. And you are like that. It is your faith by bringing that little child there. Why is this so condemned out of hatred by non-Catholic religions, I am baffled. Baffled. And so this is the beauty of our faith. This is the concept of intercession. It's the same with purgatory. Oh, Father, that's not in the Bible. purgatory is everywhere in the Bible. Just the word isn't, but neither is the word Trinity. The word Trinity is not in the Bible, but is anybody gonna argue that that God does not reveal himself as Trinity? Even non-Catholic religions believe that. Christian religions. And so purgatory, they can't pray for themselves. They're paralyzed. Every soul in purgatory is paralyzed. They can do nothing at this point to help themselves. Not only can they not repent from the status that they are, hopefully they did, or they wouldn't have gotten there in the first place, but they are able to do nothing for themselves. They can't pray for themselves. They are 100% reliant on our prayers. They can't even rely all on heaven. You know why? Because heaven could empty purgatory like that. If if God allowed the saints to have all the power to help the souls in purgatory, purgatory would never have anybody in it. Purgatory and the people in it rely 100% on us. We are the four men. Your holy soul that has died, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister is that paralyzed person in purgatory. You need like the four men of the paralytic to help them. This is the concept of the Catholic understanding and doctrine of intercessory prayer. That's why Christ wants us to fight for each other we need to bring each other to Christ. That is our job. Somebody asked me just the other day, Father, why, were you, why are you a priest? Why did you choose to be a priest? Why did you give up home and business and fiance and dog and cars and boats? Why did you give that up? One reason and one reason only. In my brokenness, I want to bring souls to Christ. And I believe the way God has called me is that you can't love what you don't know. And I felt God in my heart telling me, you have to catechize the sheep. They don't know their faith. Father Chris, please do this. this is, you're a broken tool. If I can work through you, I can work through anybody. I am so broken, it's not even funny. And, if, 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 it, it, and that's where I believe God called me to the priesthood, to, to be able to help you know God more through your faith, That's why we do the Saturday talks. That's why we do the missions and and the conferences. Most of all, the sacraments. But also to know your faith. And, and, And so you can't love what you don't know. So bringing others to Christ, that's why. But sometimes those that we want to bring to Christ, those we love, are paralyzed. You know, I have a family member that hasn't been to confession in 30 years. You know why? Fear. You know, the number one thing that paralyzes people from going to mass or confession, the number one reason, it isn't scandal. It isn't the recent document from the Holy See. You know, the number one reason people don't go to mass or confession, fear. I'm a hypocrite, Father. That church will burn down if I walk in it. No, that's why it was given to us by Christ. The number one reason, fear. People also don't come because of doubt, anger, confusion. They are paralyzed. You have to help them. Bring them to Christ. How, Father? Just a word of encouragement, an explanation about why our faith teaches what it does. A prayer, a smile. Be like Christ. Why? I mean, to me, it's the beauty of our faith. Who do you know who you should reach out to? Who do you know that you should pray for? We all know someone paralyzed in their faith, not following it, not practicing it. This is your chance to be the man on the roof. God is asking you to be like the men on that roof, to bring your loved ones to him, living or deceased. That's why we Catholics pray for the living and the dead. That is why the body of Christ includes all of us. It's what it's all about. The body of Christ is all about that. Even if we are different from one another, you can't get a different collection of men than us Marians. <laughs> we are so different. It's unbelievable. God literally said, I'm really going to create a hodgepodge here. And, and, and it was funny because I'm a huge, everybody knows this, I, you know, I'm a huge sports fan. I, I, I'm so enthralled with the 1980 United States hockey team, how they defeated the Russians. And and if you know the story, they, they, they got men around the country from three places. Massachusetts, Michigan, and Minnesota. The three M's. All the guys on that hockey team came from Massachusetts, Michigan, and Minnesota. And when they brought them together, they were fighting on the ice. They were slamming each other. They wouldn't talk to each other. And Herb Brooks said... And they said, oh, yeah, Father, father. (laughs) Coach, (laughs) oh, yeah, Coach, this is really going to work. You brought together men from Minnesota and Massachusetts who hate each other because they were rivals. Boston College and the University of Minnesota were arch rivals in hockey. And now they bring them together to play together on the 1980 hockey team to defeat the Russians. They said, yeah, this is going to work. And Herb Brooks brought them together as a team and said, right now you are going to stop being individuals and you're going to start being a team. That name on the front of the jersey is a heck of a lot more important than the name on the back of the jersey. The United States of America. Your name is on the back. Your country is on the front. And that was the point he was making. You're going to die for each other. You're going to battle for each other. You're going to fight for each other. And that's exactly what they did. And so we, you know, we are with guys around this whole congregation that we would not be friends with outside here. Guys that are totally different. But God brings us together. Personalities here, just like in your family, might be different. um, But we should be willing to fight for each other, to die for each other. And so we're prepared to do that. Um, It's like men in a war. You have to be able to fight for each other. We just did a show on EWT on Wednesday night on a just war. Can there be such a thing as a just war? Are we called to fight a war of self-defense or just war? And please see it. It's on our YouTube channel now if you haven't seen it. And so we have to be like that because the battle is coming. We need to fight, not against each other, with each other, uh, against evil. So what do we do? What do we do? Yes, we have to fight just like those men we said, fight the crowd. The crowd today, what's the crowd these men were fighting? It's our world today. We're fighting the same crowd, secularism, uh, immorality, paganism, Uh, the culture that disowns God, our own government, which is trying to undo our Judeo-Christian roots, our moral foundation. You know, um, start with that. Fight the culture. Not meaning that you're going to be violent or something. Of course not. Meaning that we stand up for the truth. Countercultural. Well, how do I do that, Father? Pick up your weapons ah i'm gonna get letters father chris is advocating violence i've said this in a homily before yeah pick up your weapon father weapons yes the rosary that's your weapon the weapons not just guns mary and divine mercy the two spiritual weapons of our times remember that story the bishop in africa boko haram was overrunning his village And he he said, Lord, it's time to fight. And Jesus appeared to him. He said, you're right. Jesus said, it's time to fight. And he saw Jesus with a sword. And the bishop's like, yes. And he reached to grab the sword out of Jesus' hand. Because he told Jesus, we got to fight. And Jesus said, yes, you do. And he reaches for that sword in Jesus' hand. And instantly, it turned into a rosary. And he realized, that's my weapon. He grabbed it. And it's just like Jesus told St. Faustina, pray the rosary and the Chaplet." And he told her to pray for her country, Poland, to fight its enemies with prayer. Bring the paralyzed in our faith to the feet of Christ. Do this. And so finally, you know, don't think you're not tough enough for this battle. Look at the apostles. As I always say, they ran away at the cross. The key is we got to have faith. You know, this is what this whole basis of our, our faith, our, our religion is, is faith. And in fact, on the image of divine mercy, you probably heard me say this. Father Seraphim always used to say, Jesus, I trust in you. Really, is Jesus, if you go to the literal Polish translation, Jesus, I faith in you. An active faith. And this is what we have to do. How do we do it? Persevere, you know, um, don't give up. You know, we all know God wins the war. I've had people say this, Father, why do you kill yourself doing all this? And why do you, why do all these people kill themselves? God wins the war. God wins in the end. Why, you know, why? Why, why, why are you worried so much? Why are you out there trying to convince everybody of the faith of, of, of the Catholic faith? God wins in the end, yeah. But our job is to minimize casualties to stop as many souls from being lost as we can. That's the end goal. And so we have to do our part individually and as a group. Uh, The key is prayer. This passage shows perseverance. Don't give up persevering in prayer. Um, In light of any obstacles, um, the prayer today is hard. A lot going on we're distracted we got things happening in our lives but if we persevere jesus promises throughout the gospels you will be rewarded so like the four men in the paralytic persevere they did by tearing a hole in the roof and getting the guy to jesus you can by tearing a hole in the roof of the paralyzed person whatever that roof is blocking them getting to jesus fear confusion anger whatever it is, tear a hole in that roof. Even if you can't convince them, convince Jesus. I'm tearing a hole in that roof, and I'm bringing my loved one to your feet, Jesus. And then Jesus will say to them, your sins are forgiven because of your faith. That is truly Catholic.